Hi, I'm Cheryl and Fenn. Hello, this is Christabel. Hello, this is Michael Horse. I'm Amy Shields. I'm Mark Frost. Hi, I'm Kimmy Robertson. Hey, Ben, this is David Duchovny. So our Twin Peaks Unwrapped, the book is currently out at bluerosemag.com. It is $19.99, so get your copy today as supplies are very limited and will be running out very soon. So if you haven't got your copy today, go to bluerosemag.com today. Thank you for your interest and for your enthusiasm and, and keeping Twin Peaks alive. And welcome to this week's edition of Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm your host, Brian Kazoska, and beside me as always... Ben Durant. Hello, Ben. Hey, Brian. One week we should switch it off. Yeah, we should. We should switch it off. I, I, it'd be kind of cool. It'd be really cool. Maybe one of these times. <laughs> Maybe the next one. I, I've had one where I had to do it by myself. Where you remember that one that that, uh, that one time when I went on the event there? The, oh the, yeah. And I had to do it all by myself. So <laughs> yeah, we should. I, I always thought that like when we got through the whole series, we could switch it off too. You know, like yeah, we, yeah. Kind of gone through. But yeah, we'll talk about that sometime. So we're on episode twenty-three. Wow. Yes. This what is, a journey it's been. Yeah, what a journey. <laughs> we're getting we're getting towards the end of the series here. I know, and it's kind of sad. Um, well, I have to put this over here. It's kind of sad, um, but exciting at the same time. And they are wrapping things up um, from these last couple episodes. They're wrapping up the not-so-interesting stuff. Yes. And they're leaving the the beefy stuff let's hope so i'm hoping i'm hoping so this is episode 23 it was written by trisha brooke directed by leslie linka gladder it was february 20 uh, february 16th 1991 was when it aired the rating was 7.8 rating and 88th place for the week uh it's going down it's going down so i i debated about telling you this at the end or at the beginning here but i think i'll just tell you now Right that same day on February 16th, 1991, uh, ABC came out and basically saying they were putting on the show on hiatus. So, wow. So, and I think about this, and I, yeah, I actually missed this episode because I went to a dance. So it's like, this is like the, this <laughs> wow. was like the lost episode for me where it wasn't, it was like, I'm trying to think. It didn't come out. I didn't get to actually see it till it was on VHS. Like they had put out the first season on VHS, and then in 1993 they put out all 29 episodes on VHS. So I had to wait till that VHS collection was there wow. to, to see this episode. Man, so it's I think it was just it was so erratic because there was like high, there was breaks during the holiday season, and then there was the Gulf War, and it was just kind of like I don't even know if I realized the show was on. Or not. Yeah, so, I think yeah, like it gets lost, right? You get yeah. lost in the. So that, I think else. let's say that morning, uh, uh, that Saturday morning, or, or it came out that ABC said they were putting on a hiatus. And what I had forgotten was that uh, basically what they were saying, like, we're going to bring the show back in the spring, and it's going to be moved to a different night. And that's something that David Lynch and Mark Frost wanted. They didn't like Saturday. They felt like people went out on Saturday nights yeah. and weren't watching. So there was talk about moving it to another night, which would become Thursday night, back to their the original, the original original day yeah they did. so but it was still kind of i mean it definitely scary is like whenever you put a show on hiatus it's kind of like oh is this is this the, yeah is this the end of the show and i think we'll talk more on another episode but this is where fans start coming and getting together and trying to say save the show that's so, cool yeah yeah so wow 
So do we want to go into the episode and, and uh, talk? Y- yes, yes, we shall. Um, it starts off with the owl, which you brought up owls. They seem to be more and more owls. Yes, <laughs> um, more owls. You got the chessboard. Um, you don't really get a lot of Wyndham Merle this episode. He's yeah, he's he's there through the chessboard, and I mean it starts off with a recording, so he, he, you yeah. get to hear more about the recording. That's basically saying it's your move, Cooper. You know, stop stalling. Because we found that the the last episode was the mask on right, Caroline's the bed. Mask. Thing. Yeah. yeah. So now, come yeah, come to find out, it is Caroline. It's it is Caroline's her face, face Caroline's yeah. face, and I wasn't sure about that. And then you know, and how did he get it? How did he get a perfect? Uh, you know, a mold. A mold. Of- I know that's kind of creepy. A little bit. Like maybe she went to bed and he just poured mold <laughs> on her face. I might need this later. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So that just proves to you. And I'm trying to remember. The guy's crazy. It might have been four years ago. I don't, I'm not positive, but it might have been four years that went ago that she died and stuff. So I'm I'm thinking it was something like that. Do you think he molded her face after she died to remember? Maybe. Her face? Yeah, I don't know. Or Or just to get back at Cooper, he knew this is the long con. Long con. He really knew he wanted to come after Cooper. Yep. So it could be. Um, but I know I haven't done the Log Lady in the last couple episodes. I got to bring up the Log Lady. I'll I bring finally... up the Log Lady intros. Yes. Yeah, so in this one, she talks about a hotel, a nightstand, a drawer pull, mm. which is a handle for the drawer. Yes. Um, woman of death is the woman of power and death connected to a drawer pull. And oh boy, I was like, where is this going to connect? And it connects at the end of the episode. And and we'll, does, well, I will uh, save all my, I'll save it for the end. All right, we'll, we go get, back, to that we'll point. get back to that. But yeah. it, it, it has something to do with the end, basically. Yes, yeah. yes. So I, you know, I missed the log lady. I watched this on Blu-ray, uh, this, this one episode. The last two I didn't. That's why I had no log lady information. I see. Um. So we want to bring up some audio for a second? Yeah, what do we got? What do we got? He's looking at... Cooper's looking at... Okay, okay, Lucy. I think I missed it. Yeah. I I missed it. He was basically talking about Carolyn there. Yeah. Um, So this episode... It was kind of cool, this one scene. So we have the Martells. Yeah, the Martells. Yeah, we have Pete and... And we have Andrew Packard... And 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 Pete and Andrew seem to be ha- kicking off really well. Pete's yeah. made uh, like a smiley face with bacon and eggs and they're to- like laughing at stupid right. stuff. But I love the scene. It like does this whole like pan. He goes like at the salt and pepper. Oh yeah. And it's like one continuous shot up until um, Catherine Josie yeah. Oh, yeah. comes in. She sees. Uh, what's his face? Andrew. Andrew. That, was, that, Eckhart? that would be her husband. Uh, no, Eckhart's pa- the other guy. Packard. Packard. He's, he's a Packard. That's, that would be her husband. Her old, well, or something. Well, I mean, I guess she still technically would be married, even though she would think that it would be... Because she had Hank kill him. Yep. But Hank failed. As usual. As usual. <laughs> he's not very good at what he does. I mean, he can't kill Leo. I mean, he doesn't seem to get anything right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah. And, you know, she faints... But you learn that she was with both of these guys, Eckhart and Packard, in a way. It's, as usual, her story is so convoluted and I so think, complicated. And I think maybe uh, the way I read it as maybe she was married to both of them, but or maybe they were both her pimp. Yeah. And they, they took care of her. Now I say pimp, and that's kind of like 
a very crass way of saying it, but maybe they had her as a person. I mean, I think it's pretty. They it, paid well, and they she became maybe. I, mean, she, I think at some, at some point we learned that she was a prostitute. Yeah. And I think she did work for Eckerd, and Eckerd had a part uh, was partnered with Andrew. So Eckerd would be the I think the Hong Kong uh, dealership, and Andrew stayed here in uh, Twin Peaks. <laughs> so and weird. They had a partnership, and I don't know if Eckerd was basically putting saying. Yeah. But, well, I mean, it explains in this episode that yep. Josie I think is trying to con basically con Andrew. And, and and there was and the whole point was for her to go there and probably just kill him and stuff. Like yeah. That. So she pretends that she loves him and yeah, she yeah. pretends she loves everybody. Come to find out. Well, yeah, I question. She probably. I feel like she does have some kind of feelings for Harry. Yes. I mean, I think so too. Um, this it, week's paper was not as generic as Asian Man Killed. Yes. <laughs> I like that. This was like no clues have been found. Right. Um, and but, so Hank, Hank has, has come to uh, see uh, the Hawks brought Hank to Truman, and because he's you know he broke parole, broke parole, yeah. and he starts talking about how he knows everything about him and Josie, right? And that pisses him off. I don't think we've ever seen him this mad. Oh no! Get out! Get him out of here! <laughs> and he does the he does the punch in the fist. Right. Like he's I mean, so I think mad. he's at a point where he 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 can't deny that there's something wrong with his girlfriend. Like I think he's yeah. he's at a point now where it's making him angry that he realizes he's been duped. I mean, yep. I think I think I think he's probably angry more at himself than uh, anything. Yeah. No, it's cool to see uh, Harry yell and get <laughs> and, and get mad. Like, yes, it's kind of cool. I mean, I don't think we've had him. Last time he blew up, I think it was Albert. Yeah, I guess so, right? And uh-huh. that, he seems more angry now than yeah. he does well, it's his, Yeah, well, it's his girl that he loves, and, but he knows she's a little out there. And talking about Albert, we actually uh, have Albert come back to uh, to see Cooper to give him an update about the, the shooting. Why don't we, you want to bring up some audio over here? Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's see. Let's go get her. Albert, hold your horses. Cool. I appreciate any reluctance you might have for busting your pals, old lady, but the woman ventilated you and left you for dead. Albert, I don't take it personally. What about the gloves, the powder tests? Lose at five. All right, fine, you're not mad, but there's an epidemic of multiple gunshot wounds following this chick around. She is a menace. I'll talk to her. Maybe she'll confess, turn herself in. Maybe she'll grow wings and join the circus. (laughs) (laughs) I think... That Josie, okay, right at this point, when I was watching this episode, <clears throat> I came, in my notes I wrote, you know, Harry knows she is the killer. Or, is it Catherine, um, framed her? Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think Truman knows that he can't trust his girlfriend. Josie yeah. There. I think he, he's realizing that, yeah... She's involved. She's in, somehow she's involved uh, in this all this stuff. And yeah, she's been lying to him. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. But part of me was like, is it really Josie or is it Catherine framing her? Because she seems happy when and later on in this episode when Cooper comes over and says, "You got to turn yourself in, or I'm gonna have to arrest you." She's eavesdropping and she's smiling. Oh yeah. So I'm like, did she set her well, up? Well, Catherine. Catherine is definitely playing games. <clears throat> yes. She's, I mean, it's funny. We see the beginning of this episode with a chess board, and I feel like Catherine and and Andrew are playing the, this game and stuff. I mean, we yeah. see Catherine is definitely saying, oh, here, here's a gun. And Andrew is kind of like, oh, you really need to go to Eckerd. And then he goes and see Eck- Eckerd. 
in the in the elevator and say, "Oh, Josie's coming after you." So there, I mean, the, the Martells are are definitely playing games with Josie and Eckerd, yeah, and trying to move things around. And I was just saying, so so we saw Albert, and uh, unfortunately, this is the last episode we're going to see of Albert. Oh, and I, and the, yeah, I like him. I love his yeah. dialogue. He's a really cool character. Um, uh, the actor was involved with another show, uh, Broke, Broken Bridges. It's a TV show. And I think that he would be doing that show, and then he'd come back, and he'd go back and forth. And so they only had him for a certain amount of time. Yeah. And then there was talk. There was talk, at least. Uh, 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 Miguel Freire, uh, he's the actor there. Yep. He, uh, he had talked with Wrapped in Plastic that uh, there was talk of actually doing a spinoff of of Albert. Where he, I, and I would watch that. I would, yeah, that, that would yeah. That would really something. Unfortunately, that never came about. A year later, they came out with uh, David Lynch, Mark Frost Productions did uh, On the Air, which yep. is kind of a comedy type thing. It only lasted a couple episodes. They filmed seven episodes and he was on that he was part of that so yep. i don't know if instead of doing the albert show they decided to do on the air or what happened but I, it's it's unfortunate and and, and then the, he's in it, one more scene in this episode but it's brief i mean it's brief and then he never says goodbye to cooper and we just never have a but chance. his character has always been that way he disappears yeah he kind of like here's the evidence goodbye hey, goodbye yeah. i'm out of here right yeah it's a shame he didn't give a proper send-off and uh we this have... whole subplot with audrey i'm yes. sorry uh no she's Basically, if uh, she's gonna work a day or a week in everybody's job, yes, so she will know how to do everything, right? And it was interesting. Um, now we're getting her into uh, Billy Zane, Billy, Billy Zane's Zane, yes. character, <laughs> and you know this makes more sense. John Justice Wheeler, yeah, we have Mr. Wheeler. Like they, they're they seem to have a good chemistry. Yeah, they do. Um, it makes more sense to have her. Uh, attracted someone else that's not Cooper. I know she still likes Cooper, but she knows she can't have him because he's too old. Right. And Mr. Wheeler, we don't really know how, how old he is, Yeah. but she does do the, I'm only 19 or 18 <laughs> to him. 18, right. 18. 18. Um, and, and the funny thing is, is he's he's clearly older, though, too, because he says he knew her when she was a little child, the pigtails and stuff. So it's like, how much older were you? Yeah. It, it's, it's funny, if... if yeah. I didn't. I didn't the, pick that. He looks young though. He does look young, but yeah. yeah. But he still no, he looks older than eighteen. I mean, I think. And I wanted to mention this last episode, but Audrey, all of a sudden, she doesn't go to school anymore. No, nope. she dresses more adult like. Right, she's, she's eighteen. Got her business suits. She could have graduated high school. We don't know. Yeah. Or she can be on winter vac- break. Well, the only thing is, remember, this show only takes place in, in a month period. So she we go was from in February school when Laura died. March. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So. It's weird. No, nope. she drops out of school. She wants to help the family business, and she's dressing more adult-like. Yes. So, do you think that's like a like a like they want the audience to almost take her more seriously as an adult figure, or it's because hey, if they had the Cooper storyline, it yeah. would make more sense to make her perceived as older than she really is. I can't remember what the deal was. I know that some of the actors wanted to change their image too. They didn't want to be always pigeonholed to being just like this in the first season. So okay. I don't I can't, I can't remember exactly if 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 she wanted you know yeah. the actors wanted to change direction or or I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's I, I'm it's not a, sure. It makes sense cuz she wants to be a businesswoman like her dad. Right. So she's dressing the part. So yeah. it's kind of cool. I like the whole bill, you're right. I didn't pick up on the Billy's like him mentioning the picture or seeing her with pigtails, but right. he could have been he could have been and a she teenager. Said she was 10. She said she was 10. I guess she was 10. So I guess let's say he's 12. 
I mean, he, I guess I, I would remember a girl if I was 12 years old and she was 10 or something like that. Yeah, so yeah. Could, they could still be closer in age. Yeah. But it's funny. She's 18 and he's got he's got his own personal jet and he's got. Yeah. Like, he's, yeah. He seems like an older guy, but. That's true. Who knows? In this world, there is. And then she gets she gets a letter, a, a strange letter that's uh, only half of half a piece of paper. This is this is note one. Say it, note one. Note one. This is the clues. Go to the roadhouse at 930. 9.30. Yeah. Save the one you love. And that's written correctly, where the rest of the note is written, like, right. uh, scribble. Now, I think we... I, you know who wrote that letter? Yeah. yeah Leo there. But the, when they showed Leo writing it, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it, it was like right. it was like a like a two-year-old. Windermere had to make him do it, like, yeah, ten times. times. Yeah, <laughs> So Nadine is breaking up with Big Ed... Yep, they break up. Yay. Yeah. I was happy for him. <laughs> I was like, finally. Yes. And then he just marches over to the diner. See, yeah, see uh, Norma there. He grabs Norma, and he's like, give me a kiss. <laughs> and then that's... Uh, marry me. Marry, and that's the end of their love triangle. I'm uh, like, yay. yay. I'm happy for them. Yeah. I think uh, Norma and Ed make a great couple. Yeah, Norma. Good old Norma. Norma. Um, and so then we already talked about Cooper going to see Josie. Yeah. And, and yeah. She she seems so happy, and this is oh, we're, yeah we're talking about Catherine. Kath, yeah, she like in my head I'm like, did she Coulson, did she Kath, shoot yeah. Cooper? Did she do all this, and is pinning it on Josie because she's using Josie as her slave as her housemaid? Yeah, now. Catherine Martell is definitely manipulating <clears throat> the situation. And, I mean, I mean Josie is definitely guilty of a yes. lot of stuff, but it's like she's taking advantage of this, and and <laughs> yeah, and, I mean, listen, we're in the same episode. Come to find out. You know, Josie did do these things. Yes. But my thinking right now watching this episode was um, maybe she's being set up. She seems so conflicted. But I also feel she's conflicted because she wants, I feel like ultimately she wants to have a normal life. And this is horrible, like a very horrible thing for her. Yeah. I mean, she's kind of boxed in a corner. I mean, there's no yeah. way out now. And I nobody's mean, helping her. No. Yeah, so she's just kind of stuck. I mean, I don't know how you can... I mean, it's hard to get help at this point unless you turn yourself in and admit to to doing the things you did. Yeah. You know nobody wants to turn themselves in. Right. Um, and so we mentioned already Catherine, Ka- Kathleen. Uh, Kathleen. I always call her Catherine. I know, and I, I'm trying to... <laughs> That's my fault. I know, That's but I, I sometimes say it too, so that happens. But she's now going to basically show her where the gun is. That was kind of a nice touch. She's like, oh, I'm going to move this book. Oh, there's a gun right there. It's like, you, you should probably take that. And then she hugs it. <laughs> because she wants right. to uh, Egghart and uh, Packard. She wants someone to die. Well, definitely. Yeah. yeah, she's using Josie to do something right. to, you know. Josie to kill Eckhart. Yep. yep. And, and she's so sneaky because she doesn't get her hands dirty. Right. You know? And so now we're back in uh, Ben Horn's office, and he's now eating celery. It makes me think of kind of like Bugs Bunny here with his... <laughs> it's not a His jumper suit yeah. and his yeah. celery. Um. Trying to look at my uh, my notes. And, wait, wait, and Jerry uh, Jerry Horn's back and Bobby and I like that he calls him Bob. You know, like it's like grown up Bobby is now Bob. Bob. And so uh, John Wheeler, which he also I think goes by Jack, is there to help out with the business. And they're gonna they're gonna I think they want to save the weasel, the pine weasel, the pine weasel. They, yes. Yeah, basically saying, well, it's going to be extinct if. This land is, war, you know, they use this land. We are going to yeah. preserve the land to save the pine weasel, and nobody can do anything, and that would block uh, 
the whole Ghostwood uh, project. Yes. Now, I can't tell. It's hard to tell. I mean, Jerry definitely mentions this, but it's hard to tell if Ben has those same intentions. You would think he does. I mean, I can't tell if he's doing it for good reasons or if he's really trying to get back at, at the Martell. You know or, what? Uh, or the, yeah. It's also weird because the last time we saw him with Martell, they were uh, getting close. Yes, yes. So who knows if she's pulling his strings now? Right. I don't know. I or know. is he, he was, <clears throat> he was um, deceived by her. Right. Now, could he be the one to deceive her? Like, she did it to him. Now he's going to go, well, I'm going to get you back. Yeah. But I'm going to play friendly with you to your face. Of course. You know? Yes. That's what it's all about. It's all about that. Yeah. So then the next thing we have is the Double R Diner. <clears throat> I think we, did, we talked about this, that that's when uh, Big Ed... Oh, you know, we, we hear about uh, we first we hear about uh, a sister coming to to uh, enormous sisters coming to Twin Peaks. Yeah, another character. Another character. Oh, and Wyndham Earl is dressed up as a truck driver. Yeah, yeah. He's leaving notes for. Uh, I like he's wearing Shelly his Johnson. CDC hat to make it like well known that he's a truck driver. Yes. Because I wear my TV hat to make sure everybody knows I'm a TV guy. <laughs> hey, I'm a podcaster. I got my podcast hat yeah, on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, so that's just Norma getting off the phone that her sister will be coming soon. Do we meet her sister? Yep, we'll meet her. Oh, God. Yep, she's her, coming out of out of a, a convent. If she's anything like her mom, we're in, in for a ride. Well, her sister. It would be her sister. I know, but what, oh, right. her mom oh, was right, like right. a the, the trip. Food, the, the food tr- uh, critic. Yeah, is, her, is her sister like a, a soda connoisseur? Or, you know, she's, <laughs> <laughs> your soda's flats. <laughs> Uh, this, you'll never, you'll never open a diner up here again. <laughs> so Shelly gets a note. They find the note when they're cleaning up the counter, and yep. Shelly gets the note number two. Number two. And Ed comes in and grabs her, and they kiss, and everybody's happy. Um, I wrote in my notes. Leo is a tool because he's just sitting there whittling yes. with a big grin on his face, right? And. He's just like a big goomba. Like yeah. I don't even know what he does anymore. Does he even know what he does? And I mean, I think he's so partially a vegetable. I think. I mean, he's not completely. He's being he's brainwashed. Not, yeah, he's not completely Leo. But you want to hear some audio? Maybe? Yeah, yeah. Just a few more, and then we'll eat. Fly to my breast, pierce me in colors autumnal. Speak to me only of love. Leo. You have an incomplete education. For instance, survival in the wilderness? A relevant issue in your life, my friend. Now, this comes under the heading of practical instruction. I, I hope you've been paying attention. <sighs> Nature is cruel. Nature is cruel. So what do you make of Wind- Windham Earl? What do you think of this evil uh, uh, ex-partner of Cooper's? You know, it's also, we, yeah, you know, I think about, I, I thought about that watching that scene. It's just like, how did someone, you know, the transition, like, he was a normal guy, obviously. He was partners with Cooper, and just to flip a switch and become this psychotic, Yeah, there's something more there. Like, I feel like this guy, they, they play this guy up like he was, like, he's been psychotic forever, and, and maybe, maybe he was. And maybe it was. Maybe he was better at acting it, and, yeah. Maybe he was pretending to be a nice guy. Right. Oh, we get our traditional uh, 
in the jail cell talk. Yes, Norma comes to visit Hank and asks for a divorce. And basically, it's sort of like the last time Martel and... Um, and Ben Horn. Yeah. yeah. And they were like, if you do this, I'll do that. Right. This time around, it's like, if you do this, I do that. He's like, she's like, screw you. No, I want a divorce. Yeah. I want a divorce. I think I remember hearing in real life, the, uh, the actor who played Hank was a little rough with her. I mean, I don't know if he was method acting and stuff, but I don't think... I don't think she appreciated it and stuff. Like, I think he was just a little rougher, uh, like, shoving her in, into, the, uh, into the bars and stuff. And oh, so really? I thought that's what I remember hearing about and stuff. So, oh, and she didn't like it? Yeah, the actress. I mean, I think they were just, yeah, played it a little too rough, if I remember reading right. Yeah, he gets, like, a little he's inten- He gets intense. Because intense. He, he, he's always played it off, like, really sweet and nice. Like, oh, I, I understand. I, I understand. I can't blame you for wanting to leave me. But I really want to make it up to you. And, yeah, and then yeah. he comes out. He sh- shows his true colors. colors. And he's like, it's like, I'm not going to divorce you unless you do this for me. Yeah. And I like how she finally stands up for herself. Yep. So having her sister come into the story... Is that gonna like mess things up again with her? Don't tell me. Don't tell me. I, okay. I want, but I feel like I want her and Ed to just have a happy life. So I feel like another family member is just gonna mess things up. What if Ed falls in love with her? Dun dun dun! Oh God, I hope not. <laughs> People right now listening are like, we love your theories, Brian. I know <laughs> you have the best theories. My, 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 yeah, because I feel like her life has yeah. been like a crazy mom yeah. with a crazy ex-convict. B- boyfriend, yeah, husband. Her right. husband's crazy. Yeah, she finally found a normal, well, somewhat normal guy, and her sister's coming into town. Yep. Her sister's coming in. Yep, that spells trouble. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be that bad. I hope not. Uh, so uh, the back to uh, the the uh, sheriff station, and Pete is helping with chess with Cooper and uh, Harry Truman there. And yeah. This, this is the last time we'll see Albert. Albert comes in to give him his, his last uh, evidence that he has on uh, Josie. Oh, yeah. We bring up the audio. This is his last yes. scene here. So, and Harry Harry Working. knows that something's up. He's like, why, why is uh, Albert not talking in front of me? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Here it is straight He's up. got sad puppy eyes. I've got a man from the gun that whacked you with a powder residue on Josie Packard's gloves. Seattle police have also come up with an eyewitness who positively ID'd Josie leaving the car where they found the stiff. Now, if you ain't gonna bust this bitch, I would consider it a personal... Albert, I can handle it. Oh, wait, here we go. I think you just did. I think you just did. I like that. Sometimes I like the solitude of, of of just them doing their talk and then Harry coming out to the hallway and noticing the whole thing. And you don't have to say, Harry, uh, your girlfriend is a mess and yeah. she shot me and blah, blah, blah. You just can tell. I mean, I like those type of scenes. Yep. And, and there, this is uh, Josie. Josie's looking in the mirror is 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 a reminder of the of the pilot. Remember in the pilot, the first person we see is Josie looking in the mirror. She's putting lipstick oh, wow. on. Wow, it's been and that so, long. Yeah, it's been that long. But it's kind of neat in a way that like I think it's not I think we all know that this, her storyline is coming to, to an, an end, end in yeah. this episode. So it's it's kind of comes full circle that she's looking in the mirror. She's looking in the man in the mirror. <laughs> she's looking at herself <laughs> and she's she has another conversation with Andrew and Andrew's basically Again, saying, "Oh, you never really did love me, did you?" And yeah, and he, yeah, he's just like, he just gives him gives her a speech and takes off. Um, 
But we go back to now. This is I'm very interested in this. Don and James meet up for a picnic. Yes. Well, I mean, here's the thing is, this, so, again, we're kind of going full circle that they fell in love from the picnic with Laura. Like, Laura and Donna and yeah. James all had a picnic together, and that's when they first started falling in love. And So, yeah, it's kind of fitting in a way that they would come back to a picnic together. Picnic. But James says, I'm leaving. And does that mean he's done? Do we ever see him again? He's gone. He's gone. Yes, another. So this is the the third person from uh, on this episode that is leaving and never to be seen again. Wow, and it's it it's kind of opening the doors up for the show to give us the meat, the most interesting plot. I think so. I mean, I think yeah. Some of these are not. I mean, James and the Evelyn storyline was not as great. Yeah, and um, Josie. I don't. I I never was a big fan. I mean, sometimes it, it would hurt your brain to think about like what's yes. going on with the Josie storyline, but. It's not my favorite. My favorite, yeah. of course, is the Cooper stuff. I mean, the Cooper mystery and Twin Peaks. So let me ask you a question. Does James, does he go off um, and get a spinoff called James on NBC <laughs> where he hangs out with his friends? He goes to another town and meets this blonde, rich woman. and <laughs> I know, right? They already did the spinoff, basically. Yeah, yeah that so, was I mean, a spinoff. Huh? So I think and James Marshall is the actor, and I think he had a movie that he was going to go do, and so that was something he decided to go off and the same thing with Josie. I mean, the woman who plays the the actress who plays Josie, she asked to be out of her contract because she had a movie she wanted to do. And so, these movies probably didn't do very well. I don't think so. No. <laughs> I mean, the one that Josie did, the actress did there, it yeah. didn't do very well. Oh. So it's one of the things where you have this hype for Twin Peaks and it, and some of these actors want to try other things now. Yeah. That, but uh, yeah, so that's it for James and Donna. And I think James is like, oh, you can come with me, Donna. And she's like, no. Nah. Nah. I don't want to have strange adventures with you. <laughs> um, yeah, she's smart. She's going to stay in Twin Peaks and marry Jack Nicholson eventually. Um, oh, Josie's going to see Thomas Edgart. 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 Am I saying his name right? I know, Eckerd. Eckerd. I think, I think it's Eckerd. Eckerd. Yeah, Eckerd. I'm sure we'll, uh, somebody will tell us that we still said it wrong. But Yeah, well, because um, so- Harry shows up at the um, Martell's. Yep. And he's like, where is she? And they're like, oh, yeah. I think she's she packed and she's never coming back. Right. And then, uh, and maybe we should do, I like, we got to have some of this elevator scene here. Oh, yes. Come on. We meet again. I don't believe in ghosts. Pity it's an appealing notion. The return of the grisly phantom from the grave. You deserve haunting, to be sure. Look closer, Thomas. I'm alive! I'm alive! <laughs> <laughs> you think you'd be more surprised to see someone that's supposed to be dead? Yeah, you would think so, right? He is. There's very little... Uh... They continue to look forward. Yeah. Like, he's just kind of like, maybe he's almost thinking, is this guy crazy? Is this really, (laughs) is this really him? Um, It's a cool scene. It's kind of cool to see these two guys side by side, finally. Yeah, we've talked about them, and we haven't really, yeah, they kind of meet up, and and Andrew, again, is kind of baiting him and saying, oh, Josie's coming to get you. Yeah, And it's like, basically, I think think they really want them to kill each other. I think they, Josie and Eckerd, to just kill each other. Yeah, so... It's a pretty cool scene. 
And then we have, we're back to the uh, Aji Horn and Ben and Jack Wheeler there just talking. Yeah, this is where I got the notion that, that uh, there is this, like, um, like, Tension between Jack and Audrey. Yeah, uh, they like each other in a way. Well, even like even when when they were on the couch together, she was kind of kept on giving glances at mm-hmm. him and stuff. Yeah, there's definitely some kind of chemistry, or it seems like Audrey's but, taken by him. And it feels to me like she's being protective of yeah. her in the family. Uh, she doesn't want someone to just come in and muck with things. Right. She knows they need. Well, I, I feel like ultimately they need help, but she feels that. They don't really need help. They could do it themselves. Right. And, but I think she's she thinks he's handsome, good looking guy. He has his hair. He's not bald yet. Yeah. You know what's interesting is Billy Zane of... goes bald later in life. He's yeah. like bald every time I saw Billy Zane. He's bald. Um, the thing about this is it's interesting is that like her father is a businessman and like you know they a lot of times they say girls kind of marry people that are like their father and stuff. Yeah. Like, in some ways he's like a good version of her father. Like he wow, seems like yeah. he comes off as a, as a very a good person. I mean, he doesn't come up like like he has evil intentions. He seems like somebody that you know tries to do good things. Good point. Yeah. I didn't think about that, but yeah, he's a business guy too. You're right, and they look almost identical in age. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, we did talk about how she's like, "But I'm only 18." <laughs> and I think she says this to Cooper. There's another episode, of course, she says this to Cooper. That's her favorite line. She's yeah. Like, I'm only 18. And I he's think like, she well, says what, it, what's that about? I like, think she says it to the boy she likes. Yes. Because afterwards, he just kind of like glances and, you know, like you can tell he likes her. Um. Oh, after this, we get the Donna, Shelley, and Audrey meet up at the bar and they all connect their notes. Ah. And, um,. Winda Merle is leering from uh, the bar, watching them. Do you want to bring up some audio? Yeah. Somebody wants me to meet them here. Strange. It is strange. Look what I have. Hey, looks like we all have something to talk about. It fits. See the mountains kiss high heaven, and the waves clasp one another. No sister flower would be forgiven if it disdained its brother. And the sunlight clasps the earth, and the moonbeams kiss the sea. What is all this sweet work worth if thou kiss not me? Yeah, the, the, um, he's giving them some sort of thing. Because alas, we saw, he goes, which one will be my queen? Mm. So, obviously... You know, is he baiting all three? Is he trying to get one of them to figure it out and to just show up and he can get her? I don't know. Like, yeah. how is he picking the person he wants to be his queen? I don't know. I, I know. You know? I don't know either. How or is this like, it was that just something random and he's going to go for all three of them? Well, you don't, don't tell me, but that's <laughs> the things I think about. So then we go to Cooper. He's pretending to fly fish. He's practicing fly fishing in yes, his bed with his that. orange uh, little rope. Is orange uh, thread. Now he hears gunshots, which is interesting that this murder would happen in the same hotel Cooper's in. Why would they do that? Why would Josie shoot someone in the same place she knows that Cooper's in? Did she do it on purpose to be found out or something? No. Or is this coincidence? Um. 
I think the thing is, is that like I think she's just so stressed out that like she's afraid that he's gonna kill her, that she kills him first. And, and so he's that. staying there. He's staying at the Great Northern. Yeah. So well, he, I mean, I he has to go to her, where he is. Right. I, so I think this must be his room. It right. has to be his room. Yeah. And the script, I mean, okay. he had a knife, but I don't know if we see anything with him right now. No. It's funny, we don't see any gun or anything, but she still feels threatened enough. He st- see. This is the thing. She's sleeping, or I don't know. Looks passed out. He stumbles up, smiles, passes out, dies. He's shot or something. Blood's on him, and then she gets up, and you have the whole standoff. Harry shows up too, and and you're like, yeah. yeah. And Harry's like, I know. And she, uh, what do you think? Did she have a stroke, a heart attack? Like, dies of a lonely heart? Like, she how she just dies? Yeah, and I think I mean it will be explained a little bit. Will it? it it'll, it'll definitely get explained, but it is. It is very bizarre that it just happens. Do you want to bring up some audio? Yeah. I to kill you. What about Jonathan? Did he try to kill you too? He... He was taking me back. Why did you shoot me, Josie? Because you came here. I knew this day was going to come. I'm not going to jail. I can't. Put it down, Josie. Harry, put it down! <laughs> now he's really angry. Yeah. Forgive me. I never meant to hurt you. Put it down. I thought she was gonna kill herself. And in the, the script, in the script, it was it made out to be that she was gonna kill herself a lot. I mean, I don't think it shows it very well in the no. TV show, but in the script, it, it looked like she really was gonna kill herself. Really, it. I thought she was, yeah. but then she just faints. But right. he's like, she's dead. She's dead. So I'm like, what did she die? And like all that stress was killing her. Yeah, I think, I think I think that's probably it. And then all of a sudden, so this is what I want to talk about. Yeah, what the frick? <laughs> okay, okay. So let's go through this. This is going to be the majority of the episode we're going to talk about. Like. White light shows up, so yep. it feels like the vision that we saw the giant with, but we see Bob. Yeah. And I'll bring up the audio just a little bit. What happened to Josie? <laughs> why, why would Bob... And the little man right, from another place... Right, the little man place, starts dancing on Josie's bed. bed. And I do have a little bit of trouble with with little man uh, dancing on the bed because I've never seen him outside of the red room. So it's kind of oh, the dream thing. So it was a little weird. Like I never actually imagined him anywhere. But this is what I'm trying to. Um, yeah. Here, if you want to pause it for a second, this is what I'm. I, I guess uh, a couple episodes ago, I was trying to say, and this is no fault of the writers or anybody because they're trying to make a pro- make a show that everybody loved in season one. They're using those those things. Yeah, but. That's like, for me, it's like um, when you have a new when you have a show that that goes its course and everybody loves certain things about it, and then new people take over and they take those things everybody loved, yeah. but they use it more often than the original people were using. Right. So I kind of feel like the owls are really a lot more, and then all of a sudden we see 
Bob. Well, we, at least images of the owls. We don't yeah. actually get. Well, we did have some owls in, when Leah was in the forest, but it's owl heavy. Yeah. And then the the close the, the stuff they really made the mysteries have become more often. Hmm. Like you seeing them more. The the cliches of the show maybe. And like yeah, it was weird to see Bob. Why is Bob saying that? And then the little man dancing. I thought the same thing like you. Like we've seen those in his dreams. Yeah. Now Bob can be outside uh, as a hallucination or whoever. And obviously Cooper's affected by Bob somehow. But the little man was a little odd to me too. I thought yeah. that was weird. Um, the white spotlight, which we saw with the horse. So the yeah, spotlight, I mean, it's always like weird I things. Like the white spotlight shows up anytime these spirits, because I think there's kind of a, well, there's white, there's white spotlights in the dream of the little man. I mean, they, they're in the curtains, and then you have them when uh, the giant shows up. So I think yeah. like anytime these spirits show up, they do have kind of this white light. So it's, I don't know if it's a vision or what we, we're back, we're back to the beginning of the yeah. series where we're talking about uh, visions and dreams. But, and So, you know... Harry and Josie disappear, and all these things happen. Right. So uh, it's kind of like just the Roadhouse. Remember, like back when they were in the Roadhouse, and we found out uh, Maddie. Yeah. uh, We had the Cooper, and we had the the giant say, "It is happening again. It's happening again." The 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 I mean, the the band disappears, Disappears. and you just have this moment, this connection between Cooper and the giant. But that felt like it happened for a reason. This, for right now, for me, it doesn't feel like it happened for any reason. Um. Why would Bob say that? Like, why I mean, would... for the audience, I, f- I feel like the I don't know. In my own opinion, the writers are almost saying we have a new mystery to go on, and part of this mystery is to understanding why did Josie die and stuff like that. And yeah. So, see, it's... I see it as they could have gave us something new mm-hmm. instead of rehashing things. Like, you had a little man, you had the giant, you have a horse, you had Bob. But get, they could have used some a new premonition. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So they're reusing stuff we've already seen before right. to tell the same, tell a different story. It would have been cool if they put something different there. Yeah. At the same you know? time, I miss Bob. I mean, like, I, I think both of us were expecting episode 17, right after the Laura Palmer mystery, that we're going to learn more about Bob. And like, we haven't. We're, and, and he's just been missing the whole time. And, and I mean, Cooper basically says to uh, uh, to Mrs. Palmer, oh, he's gone forever and stuff like that. And I don't think the audience no. ever believed that, especially when we said, where's where's Bob now? And we see this owl and stuff like that. So yeah. it's, it's been a long stretch of time waiting for... Uh, I think with five, six episodes or whatever it's been now, yep. it's waiting for Bob. So, I mean, I'm glad that Bob's back, but I also understand what you're saying. Was this the best way to bring him back into the story? Yeah, and what what does Bob represent here? Was Bob representing the guy, the old guy, um, uh, Eckhart? I don't think so. Because he was a bad guy? Yeah. Uh, you know, like, why? Uh, Harry loved her, so it wouldn't be Harry. And Cooper, he was just doing what he should be doing. So right. I it just why was Bob there? Bob represents someone bad, and or maybe this is evil still happening and bad things still happening. I don't yeah. know, but it's yeah, it's not clear. Or it's Bob's still- like, why did Coop? Why did she shouldn't have had to die? Right. And the little man thing, that's, it feels random at this point. Yeah, for me, it was random. I don't know. I mean, does it play out? Why he was there at all? I don't know. Not really. Not no, really? Is that no. ruining everything for no, me? I'm no, I'm not ruining it. I don't think this is... And then, okay, so we're going back to the log lady. The log lady says, the drawer. 
Yes. And here's the drawer. So we're on. We're back on the bed of Harry and Josie, and then it pans over to uh, uh, to the nightstand, the and nightstand. we get close uh, close up of the uh, the drawer, drawer knob. Yeah. And uh, as we get close up there, we see an image of Josie in the knob, and she's screaming. And then she her face kind of stretches out of the knob, like she's trapped in this knob. Yeah. Some bad CG work. <laughs> it's 1991. I know, I know. But why? I didn't get it. So here's the thing: is this is something that David Lynch specifically asked for? Like this is really what, this is something he he wanted. He wanted. So, I mean, I don't think up. I don't think the director or the writers or anybody understood it. But David Lynch said, "I want you to add this in there." Interesting. Stuff. It is weird. Does that play out to anything? Not really. Does anything in a drawer? Not that I can remember, no. So that means yes. No, that no, means no, no, no. Really? I mean, I don't because know. That, what, the log lady tells us there's a mystery with someone. You know, obviously she's talking about Josie with yeah. the, and they show her in a the drawer. I, and As me, we go through the series, I, I mean, and maybe even in the movie, we can talk more about Josie. So I mean, Josie might come up more. And, but there's nothing in that drawer that's gonna like open a secret to no. why she did what she did. I mean, one interpretation can be that she's in another dimension or she's in another space, another uh, another. Did Bob take her? That could be. I mean, <laughs> I, let, I know you can't tell I me. Can't really, yeah, I, I want to. I as we go along, I mean, there's my I theory think stuff they were gonna do, and I don't know if they're gonna play it out. All right. Well, my theory would be right now. I came up with my. This, I came on this theory that Bob. If you saw Bob, did Bob take Josie, and Josie's in the doorknob? Yeah. You know. Right. That's what I'm thinking. Okay. All right. That's what but I'm going I mean, with. And I think the idea of the representing of this this doorknob or doorknob the, the, the doorknob yeah knob, is this that like I mean I I don't she didn't die in peace you know I mean this is definitely she's definitely in a yeah she 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 was very angst and very stressed and I don't think she yeah so she didn't definitely didn't die in a happy and <laughs> it's a, it's made out of wood which yes. assuming he's made up from a tree ah. which I'm assuming the tree is from the forest. They currently are in Twin Peaks. I like that. I so like that. she's she's in with the she's in the logs, the logs <laughs> or wood. She's yeah, wood. she's yeah. in the wood. I like that. Yeah. So yeah, it's a it's a strange it's a strange episode. It's definitely the end, and uh, I, yeah, I I mean it's funny to uh, missing that episode and then see it on VHS and it's like oh I mean it was great to see the little man from another place. It was cool to see Bob, but. Did it really work? I don't know. I mean, yeah. and, and it'll play out a little more, but not. Yeah, yeah. It would have been cool if they did something different. Bob yeah. would make sense if she's in this dimension with Bob, but the little man, for me right now, just seemed kind of like people like that. Let's right. put that back in there. Right. You know, what do you make? I mean, so uh, having seen twenty three episodes and the pilot, what do you make of the little man? What is the little man? Do you think good, bad, indifferent? I mean, like, what do you make of this? Oh I mean, man! It's a dream well, scene. I mean, like if we're putting logic to these, I mean, we rep, we, we know that Bob represents kind of evil. Is there uh, any representation you can give to the little man? Oh, the little the whole red room stuff, or just I'm thinking of the character. I feel, like, see, I also feel the red room represents having him there. Having him on a bed seems out of place. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Should, I feel like he belongs in that red room. Right. You know. I agree. Um, is he bad guy or is he a good guy? Um, or doesn't really. No, matter? I feel like maybe he's kind of like. He's in the middle, like the giant. Yeah. He's just giving you clues. They know more that's going on than everybody else. Right. And I, I think they want to help. Yeah. But how to how they help is how they just 
gotta give it to you in some weird uh backwards talking and yeah. stuff i don't think they're bad bob's bad but little man i don't think so yeah. yeah and so like these six or seven episodes or whatever it was one of the things i complained about was that we didn't have a real path for cooper to go on like he the first season he had this 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 uh this red room dream that kind of like gave him clues to kind of do his investigation and then in the second season at the beginning of the second season we had the giant and he kind of led them along yeah yeah and you didn't get anything from this these last six or seven episodes where you did Cooper was kind of on his own he was kind of discovering himself he had the whole try you know saying maybe I'm gonna live here and maybe yeah. I'm gonna be an FBI agent but I kind of missed I love that kind of like supernatural element and and it comes back here but yeah it, in a different know, way in a different way and, but it's something yeah it's definitely that was a cool episode I like the ending the ending does have that it brings you back to that old Twin Peaks feel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did like that. Right, it, it did. And it was a cool, it was a cool uh, uh, showdown with Cooper and and Josie that they had guns pointing at each other, and then Truman comes in. Yeah, and, Yeah. And, and at this point, like he's not. It's funny. Like every time he used to see Josie, he's like, "Let's make out." Yep. <laughs> it's like you're definitely not gonna make out in this situation. Nope. You're kind of like, "That's it. This is That's the last it. straw." And it's kind of interesting to know that we're done with James. Josie, Josie and Albert and Albert that yeah. stinks Albert the Albert most that stinks the most, stinks right. the most yeah. yeah well I think that's it Ben I think that is until next week until next week so I'm gonna end the show I thought it, would be, it was maybe about a month or so ago uh, Sparkwood in 21 my favorite Twin Peaks podcast besides our own it's a great podcast I really think everybody should check it out Em and Steve. I just subscribed. I'm not going to listen until I finish the show. Yeah, because they yeah. are, it's very important they because they, they are a, a spoil cast. Yeah. I mean, from day one, they will, you know, they, they, they let you know that they've seen it and they don't want to like rehash the whole thing. They, they, they do go, they do go over the whole episode, but yeah. they do it in a spoiling way. So it's a great show. And, and they, but thank you, you guys for mentioning us that Steve and M have both, they've mentioned us before. Nice. But nice. I love, I love their show. They had uh, Joel Bacco on there and uh, yeah. And they've had, they've had a lot of great guests on in the last month. I think Daniel Smith was on there. And we also had um, John who writes to us every once in a while. Yes, John. He's been writing to us since last year. Yeah, he's really good. He's he's nice very guy. he's a nice guy, and he's he he does construction criticism criticism like especially when it comes <laughs> to the names. I mean, when it comes to the names, we yeah. we mess up. He lets us know, yeah, which is good. Which I is think. a good thing. We have been doing our best this year to uh, really stand top step of it up, it. Yeah. a little bit. And I know I'm the I'm worse. I can't say Catherine and Kathleen. And, <laughs> oh God! The problem is when I know someone in real life with that name. That's the name that sticks in my head. Oh, yeah. And I have a hard time changing it up. So John uh, Bernardi. Yep. Bernardi. I mean, yeah, Bernardi. He was on the show. He was on uh, Sparkwood in 21 recently. Uh And I thought it was a really – I was actually driving to to work, and I was listening to uh, the show – and I thought it was so funny the part that he had. He talks about Andrew, who you know Andrew Martell, uh, Martell, and it was yeah. really I thought oh Packard. I'm sorry, he's yeah, a Packard. Yeah, yeah. But it was really funny, and I thought we got to share this. And I got permission from uh, M and Steve and John to uh, 
actually uh, play this little piece. So I thought we would end the show with John talking about his theory to all kinds of mysteries on Twin Peaks, and it all revolves around Andrew. I can't wait to hear this. It's It's really funny. It's just fun stuff that they did. Cool, cool. So you should check out, I mean, you really guys should check out the whole episode and listen to, if you guys have finished watching Twin Peaks, check out Sparkwood in 21. Yeah, and before we get going, you can follow us on Twitter, Twin Peaks Unwrapped. Um, on Facebook on Facebook you can like us we've gotten more likes on Facebook yeah I've been uh, posting photos of me watching Twin Peaks and stuff with my Twin Peaks mug you got me for Christmas ah, thank you again I saw that picture you I saw that, that was good you got most of the, the, the yeah the mug in the shot yep. with the TV with, show with I, the that TV. was cool um and your paper comes out. We've been really cir- – that's getting a lot yeah. of uh, – Mondays and Thursdays, play. the community paper. Yeah. I mean, yeah, Twin Peaks and Rap paper. And I, what I love about that is it's really – it's it's the community. It's, twin, it's Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. They're the ones that put out uh, the news about Twin Peaks, and then we uh, put it together and cool. put it out on Mondays and Thursdays. That's awesome. And yeah. then you can email us your comments, your questions, your critiques at – Twin Peaks Unwrapped at gmail.com. And please, iTunes, subscribe and rate us. We are actually getting more ratings on iTunes. I looked. And you found this out, and I didn't know, yeah. that you have to log into different countries to see reviews from different right. people from different countries. Isn't that that crazy? makes it so pain in the butt. <laughs> Thank you for everybody. I know we, we got it from all different countries. and uh, We got one from the, uh, from the UK, the UK and, 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 and a couple other places. But it's, it's tricky because then oh, I mean... My yeah. iTunes freezes every time I switch countries. <laughs> I had to switch countries. It froze. Uh, oh, it sucked. I, I know. Why can't they just put it all, all the countries into one reviews? Like, yeah, so, yeah but, I know. But, but thank you, everybody. Please has, keep but, doing that. Yeah, That's awesome. So, yeah, we will be back next week. And uh, this is Twin Peaks Unwrapped. I'm Ben Durant. I'm Brian Kazaska. And And this is uh, John Bernardi and uh, his little theory about Twin Peaks from Sparkwood and 21 Podcast. So next we're going to read Jubal's questions because before we read you, your own questions. (laughs) Sure. All right. So Jubal Jubal came up with a few questions that he had for everybody else that we were um, doing interviews with. So his first one is, who is your candidate for the identity of the mystery man who shows up in episode two <laughs> in the drug deal scene between Leo, Mike, and Bobby? I want to start with the um, with the fish in the percolator. I want to explain how that fish got in the percolator. Okay. All right. So. <laughs> Sounds so interesting. I'm going to read this verbatim. It's a goofball idea how that fish showed up in, showed up in the percolator in season one. It was Andrew Packard. Sneaking around behind the scenes like Leslie Linka Gladder's hunchback seamstress character. As he puts the fish in the percolator, he mutters quietly and gleefully to no one, I'm alive! (laughs) When the two ledgers turn into one ledger and the other goes missing, it was Andrew in the middle of the night. Mink oil in Catherine's bed? After that argument we see between Pete and Catherine, every time since, it's been Andrew doing it. He dips his fingers in Pete's bottle and flicks it gleefully all over her bed every time Catherine is on a rendezvous with Ben. Oh, and, and that mysterious man in the woods who Leo tells Mike and Bobby not to worry about? That was Andrew, too. <laughs> Listen closely, and you can hear it muffled by the ski mask. I'm a boy. <clears throat> Yeah, this is quite possibly the best theory that I've ever heard. And I actually read that, but I'm so glad I got to hear you read it. (laughs) I just hope that grows legs somewhere, because that would be so fun. I would get such a kick out of that.
I bet Jubal's appreciating it. Out of all, <laughs> out of all the characters that I never thought that I would hear anybody impersonate for the you know the the rest of my life, Andrew Packard would probably be at the top of the list.